1: I have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And I've got a problem with soccer, feet.
2: Foot So oh.
1: oh,
2: oh, what I oh, can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret.
3: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to House of Champions. We've got such a great show for you today. Here with Mike Lahood and the great Fabrizio Romano. We're going to be breaking down the, the summer transfer window. And, of course, how everything has changed off the back of the last few days. PSG are out of the Champions League. Tottenham are out of the Champions League. Antonio Conte is still in a job at Tottenham. We have all that. Liverpool, of course, Chelsea, who won, uh, who won on Tuesday... Arsenal, whatever you want to talk about and do bring us your comments, we'll be chatting it over with the great Fabrizio Romano and Mike Lahoud on House of Champions. Fab, how are you doing? You are in London. Welcome to the British capital. Uh, How are you coping with our horrendous weather?
2: Yes, I am. But honestly, I like this weather when I'm in England. I think it's part of the game, no? And so I like it. I'm I'm in London. I was at Chelsea game, Tottenham game, so some Champions League football. And uh, yes, of course, some um, football meetings to keep in touch with all sources, as you know very well.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, we'll start with that that chelsea Dortmund game and uh, one of the players that everyone's eyes were on and maybe to an extent a bit disappointed. Um, I mean, he set such incredibly high standards that... It's, uh, it's hard to always hit them. But Jude Bellingham, certainly going to be, I think we all agree, the biggest name on the market this summer. Um, Real Madrid's head of international football, Juni Calafat, met with Mark Bellingham before the second leg. Uh, Mark Bellingham, I think, was around Chelsea as well. We all know about Liverpool's interest. What is the latest on Bellingham? Yes, there, is this, there was this
2: meeting. Uh, of course, it's something, I would say, normal. Uh, Juni Calafat working for Real Madrid, but also people from Liverpool, from Manchester City, are meeting with people who are taking care of the Bellingham deal. And so, for sure, his father, Mark. So, I think this is something normal. Of course, uh, when you have the news about meetings, it's always in, in the rumour and it's something important because it's Real Madrid, it's Jude Bellingham. But at the same time, uh, this is described as normal part of a negotiation. We know that Real Madrid wants Jude Bellingham. They really consider Jude Bellingham one of the priorities for the summer but it's the same for Liverpool, it's the same for Manchester City, as we always mentioned here these three clubs are leading the race to sign Jude Bellingham, of course we also have rumours on Chelsea, Man United. but from what I understand at the moment, Liverpool, Man City and Real Madrid are the three clubs pushing to sign him, everything is almost up to the player because it's true that there is a negotiation with Borussia Dortmund but they have excellent relationships with all these three clubs, with Relationship is fantastic with Manchester City too. Uh, with Liverpool, we know the link with, Jur- with Jurgen Klopp. So there will be no problem on the club side. The real issue is on player side to understand what Jude Bellingham wants to do. So this is why his father is speaking to many clubs, trying to understand their strategy, their project, and then they will make the a decision. So this is the crucial stage. But at the moment, still nothing decided on player side, and that is the key point to understand where Bellingham will end up.
1: Could we see a twist in all this though, Fab? Borussia Dortmund in a title race with Bayern Munich and it could go down to the wire. Should they win the Bundesliga? Can we see Dortmund realistically keeping him in Germany? They
2: will try. They will try for sure because also Sebastian Kell, the director, mentioned always that they are prepared to offer Jude Bellingham a new deal, maybe to keep him for, for one more season. So for sure they will try. This is part of their intention and they already told the player about that. My feeling is when you have Real Madrid, Manchester City, Liverpool in a race to sign the player, it's really difficult to make it happen. It's really complicated because these are three top clubs. The value of Jude Bellingham is, is is mad, it's crazy. So I think it's going to be really difficult for Borussia Dortmund to make it happen, but they will try. So, you know, it's up to the player in these cases. Maybe the player will feel that it's better to stay for one more season and decide next summer. But as of now, his father is meeting with many clubs. He's speaking to many clubs. And so I still think that there is a good chance for Bellingham to leave in the summer.
3: And I'm certain he will make the right decision because uh, if it's anything like what he does on the pitch where he tends to make the right decisions and for maybe our viewers out there that don't watch a lot of Bundesliga, um, this kid is the best young midfielder in the world, one of the best young mid players in the world. I mean, you could frankly ask the question of whether he is the best midfielder in the world. He's that good and he can do everything. Uh, We've got a question here. Um, I do want to talk about PSG. I want to talk about Chelsea as well, but I love this question here from Oscar. Why has Real Madrid become anti-Galactico? Did Eden Hazard break them?
2: No, I think it's not about that. I think it's, it's not just Eden Hazard. Uh, it's not just one single player. I think they changed the strategy. So they completely changed the strategy in the last five, six years. Instead of signing many and many players and many, and many stars every single summer, they only sign players when they are 100% convinced. So it was not working with Eden Hazard and same with Luka Jovic. So now they want to make sure for every single signing that he's the right. Direct- year for Madrid, for the coach, for the board and also Florentino Perez is always involved in the seasons. So everything has to be approved by all the people into the club. This is why for them sometimes they could be considered a bit slow, but in the reality they're always anticipating the market. I think this is one of the secrets. That's why they won all the Champions Leagues in the last few years, because they have a strategy. They always approve every single signing before uh, bringing them to, to Madrid. So for sure the Galactico era was different with big names, but now this new strategy is working. So it's always step by step. It's never uh, something random I think the only thing uh, they did in the last few years that was not in the plans was to sign Camavinga before his contract expired with uh, with Rennes and it was requested by Camavinga because he wanted the club to receive some money and Real Madrid accepted and paid 30 million euros for Camavinga but this was the only moment where they did something like not expected and not planned but for sure the, pro- the project is always there and is always the priority of Real Madrid I think this is the threat of their success
3: and of course, you know, they were very keen to get one uh, particular player who certainly ticks the, the Galactico tab, uh, tab. Killian Mbappe. And look, he's going to be in the headlines. PSG are going to be in the headlines. Lionel Messi, uh, Neymar, Christophe Galtier, all of the... I mean, everyone, it seems, is, is up for debate at PSG now after that 2-0 loss to Bayern exiting the uh, Champions League. Fab... Who do you think, you know, we're all expecting a clear out? Who are the sort of pieces that might move on within this?
2: It's not an easy situation at Paris Saint-Germain. Of course, they, uh, it's really difficult to speak about them because it was a big disappointment, as all the players stated. Galtier, so I think there will be for sure a change in the summer. I Expect Paris Saint-Germain to change many things. So for sure, the coach position is in danger. Uh, for Galtier now is a big danger, also more than they I think there is a chance for him, a concrete chance for him to leave at the end of the season, and for Paris Saint-Germain to try something different. Let's see how it will go because at the moment it's just opinion. Officially, they don't state anything, and they want to decide internally what's the best way. What they can say is. That they also saw some rumors about luis campos the director maybe leaving the club from what I understand, this is not the case uh, from what I understand, Luis Campos wants to continue he always did long-term projects Monaco with Lille, is part of his history and this is what, uh, what he wants to do with the Paris Saint-Germain too, so his plan is to continue, is to win the Champions League with Paris Saint-Germain so I expect Luis Campos to continue we have to see for the manager, and then on the player side, for sure this is the most complicated part, because of course they want to keep Kylian Mbappé, and so they consider Kylian Mbappé as a crucial part of the project also for the next season, this is Paris Saint-Germain idea, for Leo Messi, we know they had kind of verbal agreement in December but now with this Paris Saint-Germain situation we have to see how it will continue, the negotiation between Messi and PSG. From what I understand, Messi wants to continue in Europe in competitive football. But at the same time, the first meeting with Paris Saint-Germain was not yet uh, to complete the contract or to go to the final stages. So we have to see how the meetings with Jorge Messi will continue now and how it will go. So keep an eye on the Messi situation. And of course on Neymar. Neymar is now injured, so for the next three, four months he's out. But for Paris Saint-Germain, it's a possibility to let Neymar leave in summer But he has a huge salary, a huge value, and we have to see if they will find some club prepared to pay that money for Neymar. So there are many, many uh, question marks around Paris Saint-Germain, but what they expect is Luis Campos to continue and to maybe rebuild part of the squad in the summer.
1: Fab, with so much circling around Lionel Messi, the uncertainty after the World Cup, the contract still not being a done deal. Is it as simple as PSG or Inter-Miami, or are there any other European clubs in the mix?
2: I will keep it open. I will keep it open also to other clubs uh, because Messi, from what I understand, he wants to continue in competitive football. It means in European top leagues. So this is the feeling around Messi, from what I understand. And so PSG made a proposal to Leo Messi, but at the moment there is still no agreement on the length of the contract and on the salary. For sure, the conversations with his father, Jorge, will continue to try to find a way. But I will keep it open because we know about Barcelona dream. Also, Xavi a few weeks ago, uh, Barca dream about Leo Messi return. And so let's see if they will be able to make it or also to other possibilities. But at the moment, what I can state right now is the only club which made a proposal to Leo Messi as of now is Paris Saint-Germain. So this is why there is this negotiation with PSG. But I will keep the situation open after what happened yesterday with uh, with Bayer.
3: I can't believe that Fabrizio Romano has told Mike Lahoud, former MLS midfielder, in, on a question about MLS uh, interested in Messi, that, that Messi only wants to play at the top level. I mean, look, I agree, Fab. I agree. And let's be honest. DJ, this is Mike what they say well. on the player side, is not me. <laughs> <laughs> Mike agrees as well. Right. After the break, we are going to talk Gonzalo Ramos. We are going to talk tear-stained Richarlison. And of course, we're going to talk Graham Potter and the next 500 Chelsea transfers. That's all straight after the break.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
3: 24 hours of soccer, 365 days of the year. Golazzo Network is launching on April 11th. Very exciting times. And I think a player will be watching a lot on there over the next few years, and the next decade at least, is Gonzalo Ramos. Two goals against Club Brugge. And let's be honest, they don't count for much, but we've seen a lot of other goals in big games. He scored at the World Cup. 120 million euros is the release clause. And we all know that Benfica are quite good at getting those release clauses, as Enzo Fernandes can attest. Um, How long, Fab, are we going to see Ramos in a Benfica shirt? And could Man United be the place he ends up next?
2: I think this is a really good question because what I can say is that Benfica will do their best to keep the player, so I don't think they will negotiate on the close. Uh, they will ask for the close because, as you mentioned, Gonzalo Ramos is scoring many goals in the Champions League, in the Portuguese League. Also, what Roger's Rodgers Benfica coach said... Uh, right after the game last uh, last Tuesday, was also very important. He mentioned how good he is also in the defensive work, hard-working player, also very smart player. He knows how to play with the team. So I think this is why he's kind of modern striker, not just scoring goals, but also helping the team. And this is really important. May United scouts have been sitting many times in attendance to follow the player, So they know Gonzalo Ramos very well. Not just May United, because many other clubs have been monitoring him in the last uh, months, I would say, because Newcastle last summer were tracking the player. Paris Saint Germain director, Luis Campos. He's Portuguese. He knows the player very well. And so he was in Paris Saint Germain at least last summer, but it was impossible to sign the player from Benfica. And so this is why they ended up with Equitique. So for sure, the situation around Gonzalo Ramos is a lot of interest, but not easy at all to negotiate with Benfica. They already made big money with Enzo Fernandes, so they don't need money. They will try to keep this squad at least for one more year. And so this is why it's not going to be easy at all to sign the player. But the close is there. The close is valid in the summer, 120 million euros. And so let's see if some of these clubs would be prepared to pay or if they will go for different targets. I expect a big summer for strikers in general. Gonzalo Ramos, maybe Vlaovic, uh, Ozyman. Uh, we have many strikers potentially on, uh, on the market, and so it could be an interesting one also for Ramos for sure.
3: I love that. I, I, I love that. I, I just wonder when Benfica are going to get enough money that they just sort of run out of things to spend it on and they're having to put swimming pools in everyone's offices. because
1: they're just and, like, new, all, and new cars. We, and new cars. We have
3: all this money. Everyone needs to have a Ferrari. Um, but on the subject of, of forwards that could be on the move, um, can we could pick any of, the, any of the Tottenham forwards. I know, Fab, you were at the game last night. So was I. And, and down in the mix zone, um, you could see Richarlison sort of, on the edge of tears talking to Brazilian media and I have to confess mm. my Portuguese isn't great. So <laughs> it looked like he was saying something and it sounded quite bad. Um but he, he say, said his eyes were speaking for him, I think. Exactly. You knew there was something going on. He yeah. said Fab uh, that this had been a quote shit season. Um he came out and chastised Antonio Conte does he have a future at the club? Does Son, does Kane? I mean, this is such a turbulent player just for a turbulent summer just for the players, isn't it? I mean, Son, for instance, you would have thought before this season he could have his pick of teams in Europe, but he's gone so badly off the boil that maybe Tottenham won't be able to, to cash in on him. What do you think is going to happen with some of Tottenham's star players in the summer? I think it's crucial to understand
2: what happens with the manager, because we know how important, of course, is the manager, especially in England, to decide on the players. And I think this is the question, because, of course, as you mentioned, we have many players uh, who have to decide their future. Of course, we always have questions on Eric Kane. Uh, Also, the situation of Richarlison now is is interesting. His statement was really strong yesterday. Uh, As you mentioned, also Son, we have to understand what's going to happen. But the coach is a crucial part, because from what I understand, uh, there is a concrete chance for Antonio Conte to leave at the end of the season. New contract talks were never that advanced. This is something that Tottenham and Conte were thinking about before the World Cup, but was never discussed in details, like length of the contract, project money. It was just a potential idea but never advanced because Antonio always wanted to decide at the end of the season. His contract is expiring and so they have to decide together the feeling around Conte and around Tottenham is that there is a concrete chance for them to part ways, for Antonio Conte to return to Italy also because of uh, personal reasons. We know that was not an easy year for Antonio Conte on the personal side, and this is why there is this possibility for him to go back to, to Italy. So I would not be surprised if Antonio Conte uh, will leave Tottenham and will try something different next season. This is the expectation. Then we have to see how this second part of the season will go, how they will complete this Premier League season, but for sure it was disappointing and uh, for sure they have to speak. So so I think the question of the players has to be adapted on the manager because then maybe new manager will be in and they have to decide on Richarlison and many others. For sure, Richarlison wants to play. Richarlison was really angry because he doesn't want to be benched, then played, then bench again, bench again, and then you play. This is not Richarlison's style. So he wants to be on the pitch. He signed for Tottenham to be on the pitch to play, to make an impact. And this is why he was really disappointed. But I think it's also pretty normal after yesterday night was really frustrating for Tottenham. They almost played the same game in San Siro and Tottenham <laughs> Stadium, not scoring goals, not even trying. And so this is not enough for Tottenham for sure.
1: Fab, with there being a sort of renaissance in Italian football and in Syria, you just said, Antonio Conte, if it doesn't work out in Tottenham, would favor move back to Italy? Which are some of the clubs? I
2: think we just have two in this moment. Uh, and it could be Juventus. We have to see what they decide with Allegri because Allegri is an important contract and salary at Juventus. Also, Inter. We have to see what they will decide with Simone Inzaghi. They are still in the Champions League. So, nothing is decided yet. But I would keep an eye also on uh, on Inter because we know Antonio knows very well the club and many of the players. He built Inter's structure with this 3 5 2 system. Lukaku is there, also one of his favorite players. So, I think these are two clubs we can consider as options for, for Conte. But at the moment, it's really early because he will make it a decision at the end of the current season. Of course, he wants to respect Tottenham. So at the moment, he's really, really early. Also, Inzaghi has one more year of contract with Inter and we know the financial situation is not easy there. So we have to see how they will handle with the coach situation. But Conte' priority will be to go back to Italy in case he decides to
3: leave Tottenham. It's quite funny, isn't it? Because a few weeks, a few months ago, when Milan were really struggling, all the talk was that Antonio Conte could end up at the San Siro. But on the other On the other side, I mean, talking to to folks at Milan uh, last night, I get the sense that that was not really a consideration unless things went really badly wrong. And Pioli has turned it round. He's rewarded the faith and they're they're in the last day. On the subject of managers turning things around and and earning extra time, Graham Potter, we know that Chelsea really wanted him to earn the, the support of fans, the backing of fans, the patience of fans there's a long way to go in that regard but beating Borussia Dortmund 2-0 it helped it made things a little bit easier i guess the question that hangs over potter now is he's probably going to make it to the summer but to what extent will kind of he be involved in in setting that, setting up the new chelsea and do we think they're going to be as busy as they uh, as they've been in in january and in the summer this time around Yes, I think yes. I think they will be
2: busy again. I'm not sure it will be seven, eight, nine signings as they did in January. But I think maybe two, three, four players can join Chelsea in the summer. It also depends on how many players will leave because it's important to understand also with the, with the outgoings what's going to happen. But they have to do something. They have to clean the squad. They have to give the chance to some players to go and play because they have way too many players in this moment. And so we know how many situations are open with Mason Mount, with uh, Mateo Kovacic, with Christian Pulisic, uh, with Akin Ziyech. There are many players who are waiting to understand what kind of future they will have. For example, Obama Young will leave the club for sure. So there are many things to, to decide. And regarding Potter, of course, as you mentioned, the situation is now uh, getting better. It was not an easy moment at all. Uh, it was a really complicated moment for Graham Potter a few days ago. Then he changed the situation with uh, Leeds and with Borussia Dortmund. He has to continue, for sure. So Chelsea want to see important results every single week. They don't want now the situation to stop again, and this is absolutely normal. So I think the next two games before the international break are going to be really important for Potter, t- for present and also future, because Chelsea are building something long-term. This is why they protected the coach in a difficult moment but he has to continue this is Chelsea message they are with the coach they protected the coach but he has to continue and these two games are going to be really important to see the real progress of Chelsea also uh, until the uh, international break
1: Chelsea may have gotten through to the next round of the UEFA Champions League beating Borussia Dortmund at home but the question still looms over the search for number 9 can we get a bit of an update on the possible Tammy Abraham buyback clause? Because he's been impressive at Roma in the last two seasons.
2: Yes, they have this buyback clause. It's an exclusive buyback clause for Chelsea. So, this clause is not available for any other club. Uh, this clause is 80 million euros, only available for Chelsea, only available in the summer. So, they have this possibility if they want to pay the clause and bring the player back. Uh, at the moment, from what I understand, they are not in the process to bring uh, Tammy Abraham back to Chelsea. So, at the moment, it's a possibility they have on the table, but they have not activated any contact to make this deal happen. So, they know they have this clause. it was something negotiating with the, with the um, former ownership and with marina of course as uh, director of of the board so it's up to chelsea now they know they have this possibility but at the moment i think is not the main priority i think they will go for a striker in the summer i think they're considering many options not just emi abram many players uh, including many of the strikers we mentioned before so they know there are many strikers mm. in the market and they will go for it but now is really early to decide to give you an example we always mention Osimhen as one of the players to watch he's doing fantastic with Napoli but in this moment it is impossible to negotiate with Napoli for Osimhen they are completely isolated they don't want to negotiate for any of their players so for Osimhen for example this would be a june july story not in may in april or now so we have to wait a bit and see and this is why domino i think it will start late this summer for the strikers
3: Thank you, everyone to, to, that, that's watching, that's getting involved, that's letting us know what you think. I know, I'm sure Fab is very used to it. People don't even, you know, use sentence structure to ask Fabrizio questions. It's very easy if you want to get Fabrizio's attention. It is player name, it is club name, maybe the word two in between. I think increasingly you don't even need that. Uh, so we have Suban Tutu here saying, Vlahovic to Real Madrid news. Uh, we have another comment as well. Vlaovic to Tottenham, um, I don't know, Vlaovic to Burton Albion. I'm sure that's in there as well somewhere if we look close enough. What is going to happen with Dusan Vlaovic in the summer?
0: I
2: think in case he decides to leave, because at the moment nothing is decided with Juventus, as we mentioned before, we have to see if Allegri will stay, if they will go for something different. So let's see the Juventus project, what they will do for the next season in general. But in case Vlaovic will leave, I think Premier League is the most likely destination for uh, for him. So many Premier League clubs are well informed on his situation, but at the moment it depends on Juventus. But I would mention Premier League more than other leagues for, uh, for Dusan Vlaovic as a possibility.
3: Fabrizio Romano, hardest working man in the sports <laughs> media industry. I, don't, I imagine you'll be on your phone right the way through your flight, but safe travels back <laughs> to you. Italy. I hope you've enjoyed yep. your time in London. And as ever, Thank thanks so much for joining us, Fab. After the break, we're going to break down those four Champions League ties in a little bit more detail with Michael Ahood. But as ever, Fab, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. See you soon on all champions. Fans. Thank you. Ciao.
3: Don't miss a second of action from the greatest club competition on earth. The It says Champions League here. I think it means Europa League, but we'll carry on with what we've got. Don't miss a second of action from the club's... Club. Ugh. See, I can't get over it. Yeah. Don't miss a second of action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer, like Karim Benzema, Victor Osimhen, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. Stream every match from the Champions League and the Europa League live only on Paramount. Plus, try one month free with promo code advance. Like producer Des in my ear, um, you sure we've got that right? I, I'm pretty certain it's Europa. <laughs> no, no, he says it's Champions yep, League. I- I'll have to take his word for it. And um, on the subject of Champions League, Mike LaHoo, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the big story the big team that are eliminated from the Champions League. It is a shock. I know none of us saw it coming, but Club Brugge are out of the Champions League, and Scott Parker (laughs) has lost his job. Mike Lahoud, your immediate reaction, please.
1: Ah, Are we really surprised that Scott Parker got the sack? Since he took the job, nothing went right. And hey, look, this was as good as it got for Club Brugge. Hats off to them for getting out of the group stage. And if you're Atletico Madrid and some of those other clubs, Bayer Leverkusen, you have to be scratching your head and kicking yourself at the opportunity just squandered to get to the knockout round, but hey, this is why you play football.
3: Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I suppose in the end, it's this isn't, you know, he was sacked after the Benfica game and I think maybe he was sacked for that atrocious concoction that he was wearing over his suit. I mean, if he wasn't, I think that is due cause enough to sack him. But ultimately, you know, this is really like a decision that's not about the Benfica loss. It's about the fact that they weren't winning. They lost to Ostenda in the um, Belgian League 3-0 against relegation threatened team. Uh, a few days before. That's what it's about. And I think in the end, you know, the the Benfica result just sort of says there's no time hammering this, but look, you know, we don't want to spend forever talking about Club Brugge. Um, Let's, let's talk about a team with maybe a few more stars. PSG, uh, mm. out of the Champions League, didn't really ever look like they were going to get back in it uh, last night. I thought in their two nil loss to Eric Maxim choupo and the Bayern Munich 10, Um did, can I, did this in any way surprise you? Because I have to say, you know, following it from afar in the Tottenham Stadium, um, watching a bit during halftime and all that, I saw exactly what I knew would happen, which is PSG not playing like a team. Um, their star players could have won them this tie, but they can't always. I mean, there we've got the stats. There were a few shots, but they pretty much played Bayern Munich even, possession-wise, shot-wise, XG-wise, Um, In a match they needed to win, where they're supposed to have the superstar talent to dominate any team in Europe. Mike, what's next? And can this project be kind of fixed in its current setup?
1: Uh, A player who will be having nightmares about this game is Vitinha. What might have been had he scored in that open goal? He should have scored in that open goal. And credit to Delict for saving it off the line because I think that changed the momentum in the tie. If he gets that goal, then it's just all hands on deck in favor of Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. Moving forward, I, I think there's a good chance in that because yeah. momentum, you get that first goal, then Bayern maybe get rattled. We've seen Bayern get rattled in the lead-up to this game at different points. So my question to you here, Mike, would be,
3: let's say you are right, and you certainly may well be, would PSG have gone on to win the Champions League,
1: that team? Oh, no, no. I, I and say, isn't that no. the ultimate aim? Yeah, no. Well, looking forward from where they are now, we've seen this script before. Last season, round of 16, lose in the Coupe de France to Nice and then lose to Madrid in just about the same amount of weeks after the French Cup loss. This season, lose to Olympic Marseille, LAOM, and then lose to Bayern Munich in the second leg yesterday, and they go on to win the league. I expect them to go on to win the league, but this is a bigger issue they have to figure out. They have to figure out who to get rid of. Fabrizio Romano just said possible departures. I think the Neymar question, that has to be answered. And like players like Marquinhos who've been there, Marco Verratti who've been there forever, it's been too many years where players like that, they get dumped out of the Champions League, and then a few weeks later, they're getting contract renewals. I don't know who their agents are, but they need to get a bonus and a lifetime contract with those players because they keep doing amazing business for PSG. This is the summer that if PSG are serious about competing in the Champions League and really getting over this massive hill that they can't climb yet, it's building a team around Kylian Mbappe, identifying that is your talisman. He is there on a contract. Maybe he might leave. Maybe he might stay. Who knows with the Real Madrid looming, but build your team around Mbappe, freshen it up with younger faces who want to be at the club.
3: I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, You were convincing me for a while, but then you said um, something I really quite strongly disagree with, the idea that PSG should build around Kylian Mbappe. In spite of the fact he is arguably the best footballer in the world and and certainly right up there, um, it's time to get rid. It's time to get rid of him, Messi. Uh, Anyone with an outsized role in this club Uh, And I don't necessarily think that's Mbappe's fault because they gave it to him. They were so desperate to not lose him. And what do you do in those circumstances? But it it, it is, you know, when we we say, and I was saying this in the preview show, when this team don't press and don't defend with two or three players at the top of the pitch, you know, that is enabled by everyone in the club. Um, And it's reflective of a club that doesn't, you know, that has the stars and the rest, you know, it's like, you know, those basketball locker rooms where you have the superstar players and then the players that are just about scraping by on a million dollars a year. I know that no one at PSG is that poorly, you know, paid like that. And I mean, we'd all take a million dollars a year anyway, but it is, there is something fundamentally deep here that goes even beyond Kylian Mbappe and maybe just retooling around him with a young hungry roster of players from Paris the mm. greatest hotbed of talent in world football, and so much of it. Then Bele, Koman, as you comes through the PSG academy, Gwende goes and plays somewhere else. It is baffling. Yeah, but this is Nkunku. This is about so much more, I think, than a, an, another little rebuild, another reshuffle in midfield, and even moving on Neymar. This is about you know QSI understanding that it actually isn't great for their brand that they, they're showing they can't manage the richest club in the world, the richest club in France, to, to be competitive in the Champions League. On the subject of teams that aren't competitive in the Champions League, Antonio Conte would love you to think that Tottenham are that team. I should point out that Tottenham have won more Champions League ties than Antonio Conte, who won one to Spurs' four. Oh, and, oh. um, you know, we know, and Fab was saying there, but look, we all know that Antonio Conte is gone. We might have to couch that, but it's a matter of of when, not if. Um, yeah, is this the end of an era? I wrote this and I sincerely believe, and you disagreed with me. You all disagreed. I think it was Nigel as well, <laughs> said that Hyunmin Song is not over the hill. And that's what what I saw last night. Um, is it time mm. for Spurs to embrace the end of an era and say goodbye to Conte Kane and Song?
1: I, I think for sure, Antonio Conte. I think possibly min Song. I, I, I'm a bit hesitant to say Harry Kane because he is Tottenham Hotspurs. Without Harry Kane this season, they would be – I'm scared to think where they would be because they've lived and survived off of his goals. They've gotten – except in the Champions League where he hasn't scored that many goals, surprisingly, this season. where in seasons past. He was in fuego in the UEFA Champions League. I think for a player like Yin Min Song, you made a believer out of me that it's time for him to get out of Tottenham Hotspurs. I don't know who the next manager is. No one knows which direction – Daniel Levy and Tottenham will go. But I said it yesterday in the live recap that we did. He doesn't seem happy anymore. And Son, this was a player that a year ago was, what, in the golden boot race. Was it 23, 24 goals? He won the golden boot race. 20-plus goals in the Premier League. So you don't become a bad player overnight and over the hill instantly. I think there's still goals for him there, but he needs to go to a team that's going to play him centrally. When he scored goals this season, it's been playing as a center forward next to Harry Kane. Not, playing as, this wide... and Preston. <laughs> True. Not as this wide forward, kind of uncertain about where to operate, more focused on his defensive responsibilities in a 5-4-1 under Antonio Conte.
3: Like those stats that producer Des has put up on the screen. Top, uh, AC Milan had 14 shots to Tottenham's nine. AC Milan, remember, were bleeding this tie. Spurs had 54% possession, turn it into next to nothing. And actually, that was a number that only really increased, if I remember rightly, as the game wore down. And crucially, AC Milan had 1.37 XG to 0.46 from Tottenham, who needed a goal. This was a pathetic display by Tottenham, and you could sense. As the fans were leaving, they were long done with Antonio Conte. They want Pochettino. And I mean, who knows? I actually am now of the view that that things have got so toxic and so. Mm. It's so obvious that Conte doesn't want to be there. And when you see what Richarlison was saying, which we were talking about earlier in the show, it's clear that the the Tottenham players don't want him there anymore. There is still a fight for Champions League football, and that makes it a lot easier to retool and rebuild uh, in the summer. But. I don't think that fight is made any easier by the presence of Antonio Conte. I suspect it's probably time to sack Conte on the son point. It's all well and good saying it's time to move on. There's not many clubs out there that want a 30 year old on 200 grand a week who's not scoring goals anymore. Very briefly, we should also mention Borussia Dortmund. Just yeah. a bit of a, an off colour performance for, for them, wasn't it, that night? I mean, I don't know if there's too much we can say. A lot of disappointment about the penalty, but they're fine, aren't they? As ever with Dortmund, they yeah. will be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's I was just so disappointed, especially after the RB Leipzig win, the ways that they've been playing. I mean, what, 10 straight matches undefeated and really climbing up the Bundesliga ranks to be in a title race with Bayern Munich. Now their focus shifts squarely on the Bayern game and the Bayern run-in, I should say, and the Bundesliga title run-in. Big injury miss for them, though. adiemi he would have made a difference in that match against Chelsea. His his speed forced Dortmund to play in front of Chelsea's back line, which is easy pickings for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And now Julian Brandt is out what could be two to mm. three weeks with a hamstring tear or a muscle tear in his back leg. That sets up nicely, which could be a season-defining, career-defining set of games for a one Giovanni Reyna. We touched on them <laughs> <him laughs> in the recap. And James, I want to go to you on this matter. Do you think that it might be time for a player like Giorena to move elsewhere for Dortmund, or is it just business as usual for him.
3: So so Mike Goodman, our colleague, and um, he makes a very good point often about Christian Kulisic. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at this, from, let's say you're looking at this from a USMNT perspective, which is that you can gain an awful lot from being a reserve on a really good team. And that's probably where Reyna is at uh, at Dortmund. And I think for now, there's no rush. I don't think he needs to get to a stage where, where teams are being built around him at a young age. Mm. I mean, clearly... Clearly, I'm no expert on everything that happened uh, with Greg Berhalter, but I think this is maybe a player that could do with learning that you can get a lot from playing on the bench and you can get a lot from being involved in the squad. And that patience is a virtue when you're as young and as talented as Giovanni Reina. I do think he really... He could have been so much better, I thought, and they needed a better performance from him against Chelsea. Um, Finally... Wrapping it up, talking about my favourite competition, which continues tonight. The UEFA Europa League, Juventus are in action. Juventus rising up the Serie A table. But they are in action without one Paul Pogba, who has been dropped from the Europa League squad, just just made his return from long-term injury, but was dropped, I believe, our own Francesco Puzo is saying, for being late to a team meeting. Now, Mike, you played the game. I don't know if you've been in similar positions. I mean maybe to those of us that are you know working in different industries it seems quite an extreme step from uh, from Max Allegri it happens a lot though in football Marcus Rashford was dropped earlier this yep. season wasn't he for turning up late how much of a how much of a problem is it if a player turns up late and is part of this just that look Pogba's not proving himself to be reliable fitness wise it's not a great look when you've just got that fitness back to then be late yeah. to work
1: I think it's that. it's uh, This guy can't help himself (laughs) since the return, since leaving Old Trafford to go back to Turin. I mean, first he gets the injury, which is just devastating for him, devastating initially for Juve. But then you have off-the-field issues. that It all snowballs. The -the off-the-field issues with, with the witch doctor, then getting blackmailed by his brother, and now he's back to health. And the least you can do, the least you can do, James, is show up. On time. I've had teammates. I've been in plenty of locker rooms. I've shown up late, and I did it once. I did not do it again because I was left off the roster. And you learn from it. it doesn't matter who you are at what levels. You can't be showing up late. It's part of being a professional. You're a professional footballer. Be professional. Show up on time.
3: <laughs> it's fascinating because I'm forever late to, um, to football <laughs> matches. Although I have to say, I nearly, nearly beat the AC Milan coaches last night we're walking down the seven sisters road and um yes i I think i could have told them that actually when you're on that road at six seven o'clock at night you're probably as well off walking as you are driving 90 minutes it took them to get from shoreditch to uh to tottenham which i appreciate might not mean much to our uh, american listeners but it It's not great. It suggests they didn't plan things very well. (laughs) Anyway, before I dive too deep into London rush hour traffic, I think we need to call it a day there. Mike Lahoud, thank you ever so much. Fabrizio Romano has left the building, but our thanks as always to him. And thanks to you so much for listening to House of Champions. Please do take a moment to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It just helps us get out there. It helps us spread the word and helps us build this wonderful House of Champions community we have. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. We are also available on YouTube, much to my chagrin. So do subscribe to us there. Thanks ever so much. We will be back sometime next Next week. week? We will certainly be back next week on Monday. To look ahead to another week of Champions League and to uh, recap some great Premier League uh, and European action, 9am Eastern Time. We will see you then. Uh, Thanks ever so much for watching and goodbye.